Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Baseball Insiders. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Robert Murray, fan science MLB insider. I decided, and maybe I'm not going to scream to start today's show, but then I was like, eh, you got to hit that high energy, so I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, interface of the haters who don't want me screaming, I'll talk at a normal volume. Robert, welcome to the show again, and today it's the time to revisit our preseason awards predictions. Now that the April players, pitchers, and rookies of the month are out, and we're off to an interesting start here. A very interesting start. And I remember, I'll never forget the conversation we had in the days leading up to the season that this felt like the most predictable season in recent memory. And then the baseball season just threw just a giant pie in both of our faces. And the Pirates are now leading the NL Central with the Cardinals in last place. The Rays are unbeatable. They're on pace for like 130 wins, which is just what the heck. Um Turns out we know nothing. Uh, well, we try to we try to know stuff at least, and we try to bring it to you guys. But oh boy, who could have seen this start coming at him? We know absolutely nothing. Not only is it not the most predictable season ever, but it might be the most unpredictable April in quite a while. Um, and if you want to hear more of our predictions, more of our inside info, what we know and what we don't, find us live on the Baseball Insiders YouTube channel Mondays and Thursdays, three thirty Eastern time. We're going to be here breaking it down. If you're on to the audio feed instead, that'll be updated as soon as we're off the channel live. But you get it first here. So we recommend you like, subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave comments, get in the conversation, have a chat with each other. And we're happy to answer your questions along the way, especially as we speed closer to the trade deadline. Today, in addition to all of our predictions, ill-fated or not, we are going to be talking about Matt Mervis and the Cubbies, news that broke Shortly before today's show, in which I know many of you in the comments have been clamoring for for quite a while, plus the Rays steal another arm and we feel bad for Oakland fans. But we are going to start with our own materials and take you through our preseason awards predictions, as well as the players that have gotten special recognition for their work in April. And I want to start with the rookie of the year. Um, the rookies of the spoiler alert. We each picked two rookies of the year, one in each league, and neither of us picked the players who won the Rookie of the Month award. Um, before we get to our personal predictions, I honestly think, I, I promise I'm not just doing revisionist history, I think if you'd asked me to pick a non... I, I had a Corbin Carroll in the National League. I think if you asked me to pick second place, it would have been Jordan Walker. If you asked me to pick third, I think I would have picked James Outman. And he is your April Rookie of the Month, along with Josh Jung of the Texas Rangers, um, both of which were, you know, not entirely off our radar, but pretty far off our radar. No, exactly. And like Josh Jung, he's obviously somebody that the Rangers have really liked. He's one of the, been one of their top prospects. But like James Outman, too, he was somebody that got a lot of buzz at Dodgers camp this spring. And he was somebody that if you talk to people around the team, they felt like he could play a huge huge role um, early on and throughout this entire season. First month has been exactly that. I know he's got a very unfortunate name for a hitter, but like he's been, he's been very good. Um, and they needed somebody to step up. They needed a young guy to, to take charge because they lost a lot of pieces in the off season. And I mean, key contributors, I mean, Cody Bellinger, um, obviously he was, I think a change of scenery was for the best for him. And he's really done well in Chicago, but like, that's still a big, big bat to replace, especially with the number of at bats he got Trey Turner too. Um, I mean, that's, you're talking one of the best players in baseball. And so far James Altman has done everything possible to 
um, to help replace those guys. And it's uh, he's he's been everything they could have hoped for, and I think then some. One of the sneaky, weird storylines of last year, and this is what comes from being the Dodgers, so you just have a tough time sneaking talent into your lineup, and, and I get it, but Outman came up last year, and all he did was rake. He played four games. He went six for 13 with a homer. He hit 462. He did strike out seven times, but he, he couldn't find his way back into the lineup, and Miguel Vargas could. They, they were, you know, Vargas was there through the playoffs. They, they always found a way to keep a struggling Vargas on the roster, but couldn't find room for Outman in terms of, you know, obviously a burner. Why was Josh left off of a lot of people's radars? I mean, for me, I just thought the Texas Rangers were going to be kind of a middling outfit. And so I kind of figured maybe he slugs, maybe he doesn't, but not a whole lot of people are going to be paying attention to the 81 win Rangers at their ceiling. So, you know, he could finish sixth in the rookie of the year, but I feel like he's not going to run away with this. You and I were both preoccupied with the, you know, the flashier stars. And obviously I picked Yoshida and Corbin Carroll coming off the world baseball classic. You went with Volpe and Jordan Walker. And I think those would have been my number twos in both of my picks. And I mean, so far only Walker has been a disappointment, but he wasn't even that bad. He just isn't here anymore. No, exactly. And it's like, um, I'll give you credit for the Yoshida pick because I think you were on him even before the World Baseball Classic, or maybe I was, maybe I'm wrong about that. But like, everybody was so low on him, and all of a sudden the World yeah. Baseball Classic happens, and then it's like, oh, maybe this guy's actually like really good. Maybe there's a reason why the Red Sox gave him 90 plus million bucks. Um, but it's the the Walker one was interesting because as you said, his numbers weren't bad. He just got caught up in a lo- in a log jam in the outfield, and they needed to clear some room to make that a little bit easier of a rotation um, and get him consistent at bats in the minors. So he was basically a victim of, of the numbers game. Um, and who was my other one? Oh yeah. It was Anthony Volpe. Like if you, if you look at his offensive numbers, they're not anything that crazy good, but if you watch him, he brings so much more to the game. He's got a really good baseball IQ. Um, and something that I did not realize was how fast he was. What is he, 10 for 10 in steals? Yeah. He's like, he's a legit threat on the base base paths. And is he a candidate now to steal like 50 or 60 bags this year? I mean, I, I don't know, but like with the way he's trending, stranger things have happened. He's been, um, he's somebody who the Yankees have been high on for a long time, obviously. And once he gets more consistent offensively, he's got a shot to be one of the best shortstops in baseball. He's that good. Yeah, and he has looked really good as of late, dragged down by the early numbers. Even the stat cast stuff has been dragged down, but he's found the porch a couple times lately with a clutch homer the other day to cut a 2-0 deficit to 2-1. He hit a two-run shot against the Jays to upend one of those games late. And like you said, on the base pads, every time he's on first, he could be on second in a millisecond. And he did that in the eighth inning uh, two nights ago to, to basically extend a 3-2 lead to 4-2. Goes second, goes to third, scores yeah. on a single. Like he, he sort of makes it look easy. He does, and it's like I can't remember who exactly said it, but it was if he walks, there's a very good chance it turns into a triple just with him stealing two bags. And it's like, I mean, it's not wrong. He's he's that fast, and um, I'm glad I was. I'm glad I bought stock in the Anthony Volpe business. I mean, I'm was far from alone on that one. That's not me coming out with something out of my hat here, but. Um, he's going to be really good. And what we've seen so far, he's only going to get better. It's 
being the shortstop of the New York Yankees is a very difficult position because there's been a lot of history there. I'm, I'm perfectly confident that he's going to be living up to that hype and, and being that guy long term. Yeah, watching him every day, it's very obvious that he brings a lot to the table that you might not know from just looking at the 220 line. You know, and and also you wouldn't know that he was hitting 132 a couple of weeks ago, and he's been getting it pretty consistently hitting 270 for a couple of weeks now with above average power. Yoshida, I was just scared of. Like I, I thought Yoshida was an overpay. We all did, and then we look at the projection systems that come out, and they all have him putting up like a, a 140 WRC plus. And it's like, wait, wait a second, what does everybody know here that that we don't? And then you watch him in the World Baseball Classic. I think he's somewhere between the hitter he was the first couple of weeks of the season where he's just rolling over pitches instead of taking him to the opposite field and the hitter he is now where he's basically upper echelon in everything, hitting 370 over the past week of games in addition to Jaron Duran, who's doing that as well, in addition to Connor Wong, who hit two home runs the other day. Uh, the Red Sox have 18 wins, 13 comeback wins. So if you want to know the recipe for infuriating me and getting my blood boiling. We found it. It's the Red Sox being uh, getting to play the we got disrespected card while also not winning that much. But every time they win, it's an impressive comeback. So they get style points. That's really how you get me. But Yoshida looks great. Um, Obviously a burner. I think uh, I don't think the press has been very hard on Volpe. I think they're letting him develop, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, Fans turned on him for like two seconds a couple weeks ago because he hit his first home run and they lost, and he smiled in the postgame. So, like, one guy was like, I wouldn't smile after I hit my first home run, and then the rest of Yankees Twitter was like, shut the fuck up, loser. But other than that, uh, no, he's had a pretty easy road so far. Yeah, and I'll tell you, like, I never understand that. Is like, I mean, the guy hit his first major league home run. You should smile after that. If you're not smiling, like, then you're in the wrong business. Um, I, I will never give a player crap for smiling in that in that instance especially with it being a regular season game a month into the season or at that point it was even earlier than a month into the season. It was just, yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Uh, if, if you had a home run, Anthony Volpe, uh, you should smile. Um, Cause it's good for the soul. No, everybody came down on that guy. Like Yankees Twitter can be toxic, but not there. It was like, literally he was asked a question. Like he was asked a question after the loss about hitting his first home run. It's not like they were like, how tough was this loss? And he was like, Honestly, didn't even care. I hit my first home run like that. Okay, fine. I get it. But like, uh, no, it was just in context. I once covered a Providence College basketball game where Marshawn Brooks, who I don't think anybody remembers at this point, he was drafted by the Celtics, did not make it very far in the NBA. But he was the class of the Big East that year. He scored 55 in a loss to Notre Dame. And after the game, the press was like, how tough was it knowing that your career high came in a game that's so depressing for most of your teammates? And he was like, honestly, I want to thank God. This was an amazing game. I couldn't have done it without, you know, myself. What an amazing day for me. And they kept pressing him to be like, but it's rough losing, right? And he was like, man, I'll never forget this day. This is perfect. It's like, okay, that guy, I think you can get on a little bit, but Volpe is a different story. No, absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, losing in that instance, it's not perfect. But, yeah, I mean, Volpe is completely different. Like, yeah, it, it, you should just enjoy the moment. Um, yeah, it's I, – I could go on a very long rant about that. But I don't want to get myself in trouble there. But Anthony Volpe, continue to smile, my guy. You, of course. You deserve it. Yes. If Wander Franco can flip a ball in his bare hand in the middle of a 6'3 grounder, then Anthony Volpe can smile after a baseball game. 
Um, and by the way, Wander Franco can do that. He could he could do whatever he wants, but he can't drop it. That's what he can't do. No, exa- I'll tell you that guy as excited as I could possibly get. I love Wander Franco and that entire Rays team. They're, they're starting the season. I'm waiting. I've been waiting for them to like come crashing down to earth. What do they start? Thirteen and zero. Yeah. And then like it felt like they were starting to like. I mean, somewhat come back to normal. Then I look and they were thirteen and six in their last nineteen. And what are they? Twenty six and six now. Yep. Yeah. Last time I checked, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, math checks out. Like that's just that's unbelievable. And um, the Rays they may not have the highest payroll, but they have arguably the best player development. They have an awesome front office. They have an awesome coaching staff. It's unbelievable. Um, they, I mean, they lead the league in basically every category. They lead, I mean, they don't lead the league in vibes. That's still the Pirates, but like, yeah. um, man, God, the Rays are fun. Obviously, a burner. I, I tip my cap. Oh, well, actually, I'll tip you my cap right here. Go Birds, by the way. Ooh. Look at that. Oh, yeah. That's a little, little too big for my melon. So, um, yeah, I, I'll have to send it back. I'm between sizes at this point. It's been very uncomfortable. I grew up a seven and three eighths, and now I sometimes need a seven and a half, but sometimes my head flops around in it a little bit. I want that to stop. I want hat manufacturers to stop doing that to me. We've been telling Yankee fans just with the Rays, it's like they're going to be 26 and six. Like you just got to wave at them. Like what what are you going to do? Like there there is something they're either going to come to the back of the pack. They're either going to be right there and they're going to lose a little bit of steam and lose some, some games off this lead, or they're going to win 109 games. And in that point, you just got to be like, all right, well, we can't do that. So (laughs) this is your year to win the AL East. Those are really your only options. No, it absolutely is. And I'll tell you, God, I mean, how many games are they up now in the AL East? Are we talking a surprisingly low number because the Yankees are in last. So the Yankees are eight and a half back. The Rays are only five up on Baltimore, seven and a half on Toronto, eight on Boston. Yeah, I'll tell you, if, if you had the Rays and Orioles leading the division by this much, um, this, I mean, this, we're not deep into the season, but after the first month of the season, I would have probably told you you were nuts. Um, that unbelievable. It's, uh, I mean, you look at the Rays, then the Orioles, Blue Jays, Red Sox too. They're eighteen and fourteen, and they're a they team are fine. Yeah, yeah, they're a team. I was adamant that I was not expecting much from, um, and yet here, here we are. It's, that's a very competitive division overall, um, as expected. I just didn't expect the Yankees to be in last place at this point. Yeah, you want to clip a rant that doesn't age well. There's one where I gave everybody the Red Sox May schedule, and I was like, they're going to get off to a hot start, but then they're going to cool down in May. They actually played the Pirates early, who are great, and we'll get to them later, and struggled early, and the Rays whipped them, and they were under 500. And now they're just over. They hit, they bludgeon the ball, and they've got the Mariners and Cardinals on that May schedule. So it's like, all right, I mean, is that scary? Not really. Um, so, the, yeah, the Red Sox are fine. The Yankees are in last place and over 500. It's the best division in baseball. And the reason the Yankees are over 500 is April's AL Pitcher of the Month, Garrett Cole. It's it's literally just him. They have not lost a Garrett Cole start yet. They will, but they haven't. He's been better than he's ever been in a Yankee uniform. Uh, and this was, in my opinion, an easy nod, something I didn't see coming. He has not given up a single home run this year after that was the most devastating part of his 2021 and 2022 seasons. Again, 
He will. The Rays get him on Sunday. I'm sure somebody goes yard. But it has not been as much of a problem for him. And he's been able to carry a low ones ERA. And in the NL, it's Clayton Kershaw. Which, come on, you cannot look me in the eyes and genuinely say, I believed in Kershaw as a three starter and as someone who could give you six innings, one hit on any given day, not the April pitcher of the month in the National League. No, and it's like, I mean, Kershaw, he's just a guy who, he just never, it's it's unbelievable. He's pitched in, in the majors this long, and you'd think there'd be some sort of a drop-off, and yet he's just been awesome. And Garrett Cole was the same way, too. And to focus on the Yankees here and Garrett Cole is they've been able to tread water with so many guys on the injured list. They have Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Carlos Rodon, who's still he hasn't played a he hasn't pitched an inning yet. No. And you have I mean, they've been without Donaldson, they've been out with a, a lot of their relievers. I think I saw at one point there was like $151 million on their injured list, which is just absurd. Um, and yet they've treaded water, they're only eight and a half games back. And when they get these guys back on the field, they can easily make up that deficit. Um, I would, I've seen a lot of people press the panic button on the Yankees. Brian Cashman said, don't give up on us. This is a championship caliber operation. I believe them. That is a very good operation they have there. The fact that they've stayed above 500 this long without all those guys is a testament to that roster, especially Garrett Cole. Um, do not sell on the Yankees because that – that could end up looking very foolish toward the end of the year. Objectively, they should be worse. Like they're 17 and 15 and stuck in the mud, and there's no way they should be 17 and 15. Domingo Herman's been pretty good. They yanked him from a near complete game the other day and blew the game, but he's found he's found his footing. Clark Schmidt doesn't have a win and has been one of the historically worst Yankees starting pitchers in the history of the franchise. Johnny Brito started brilliantly and now can't really get through four innings and Honestly, you take what you can get from him, but the rotation has been pretty bad. Everybody behind Garrett Cole has either been average or much worse. The lineup includes Willie Calhoun, Jake Bowers, Franchi Cordero, Kyle Higashioka, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Aaron Hicks on a regular basis. Harrison Bader came back two days ago and got kicked in the head yesterday and may or may not have to miss some more time. It's been a disaster area and they are over 500, which is objectively insane especially when you look at the Cardinals roster, a better roster. They're about to be 10 and 22 and they're like in mega last place. They're not even in the conversation. You can't see them in the standings and that roster is better than what the Yankees are putting out. Oh yeah. The Cardinals roster is loaded and I mean, their pitching staff leaves a lot to be desired, but they're, they're hitting loaded and yet they're just a big pile of poo poo. Um, I mean, it's again, not a scientific term by any means, but that sums up what they, what they are right now. They're just a hot mess and they have to ask themselves a lot of questions internally about what the heck is going on. Is it a roster construction issue? Is it a managerial issue? Is it just a a talent issue? Is it a mix of all the above? We got to, they got to figure that out and they got to figure it out soon. Um, it's, uh, it's really unfortunate and I'm wondering at what point, if this continues, when do the Cardinals have to ask themselves if they need to make a change either in the front office or the manager spot? I don't think they would do it with um, with Mosaic. I don't know if they'd do it with Ali Marmol just because they've invested so much in him. They fired a highly respected manager, Mike Schilt, 
to put Marmol there, that's that's a really tough one for that team and build the with the owner to figure out. Um, but boy, they got to they got to figure this out soon because with the way this is trending, they could be out of this before too long. It's a deeply strange roster to make trades with too because. There are not many pitchers that many contenders want their hands on because they're watching the Cardinals pitchers sink this team right now. So it's a tough sell to say, yeah, we'll give you Steven Matz, sure, but they're in a lot of trouble. And then it's a lot of young players, young outfielders, players who the Cardinals deem to be a part of their future and players who the Cardinals thought were going to take them to the NL Central Championship this year. So to say, oh, you got to cut bait on Nolan Gorman or Dylan Carlson – it's tough to make that decision midstream when you don't know what your own future looks like and you're not really selling high on anybody. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's, it's difficult too, because I mean, Tyler O'Neill seems like a prime trade chip, but you'd be selling extremely low on him. Lars Newbar got a lot of interest in the off season, but they just, they are adamant about holding on to him. The one guy I, they wouldn't, I, this is not like a trade thing, but like the one that is just, mind-blowing to me is the slow start from Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. He like I've I've watched games of theirs and I is he healthy? I I don't know. Um I haven't heard anything there. That's just me speculating, but something just doesn't seem right there. Um and he's a big part of that operation obviously and if he's not going that's eh, that's tough and this is probably well I take out the word probably. This is definitely not what he envisioned when he opted into the remainder of his contract in St. Louis, he thought they'd be a contending team. Um, and yet somehow they're like in the conversation with as bad of a team as Iraqi so far this season, um, which <laughs> that also is not on my bingo card. That's just another way of this baseball season being incredibly unpredictable. But um, yeah, that, the Cardinals one is just mind blowing to me. That is the last thing I could have seen coming, but yet yeah, I'm, no- I still think they turn it around eventually. They have to. I mean, Nolan Arenado pick your poison right now between the Rockies and Cardinals is certainly not how he envisioned the second half of this big contract going. Um, in terms of a complete mess, you've got our Cy Young picks. I had Kevin Gossman in the AL. You had Jacob DeGrom in the AL. Gossman off to a pretty good start, but not a Garrett Cole start. You had Corbin Burns in the NL, and I had Logan Webb. I think it's important to mention when we're talking about a big pile of poo-poo, Logan Webb dropped a historic <laughs> quote yesterday. I was talking about talking about the end of a road trip saying the whole trip has been a grind. It's been a mental grind and a physical grind. Three quarters of our clubhouse has the shits. It'll be good to get back home. Hopefully the shits go away. Yes, Logan. Hopefully the shits go away. Yeah. God. Yeah. Hopefully the shits go away. That should be a t-shirt. <laughs> I would that's a, that. Yeah. That's an all timer. That's a roto wear all timer, maybe like a pitching ninja giants colors. And then hopefully the shits go away underneath. I don't, I'm just giving you free money. Yeah, honestly, take my money. I'd buy 30 of them. That'd be, I, I give them out to the entire Murray family. I know my dad's watching right now because he's texting <laughs> me. And I, dad, I, I would buy you one for sure. So, um, yeah, what what an awesome quote. I, like, I saw that quote when I woke up this morning and I thought it was like someone just impersonating like a Giants beat writer. And then I clicked and it was actually like Alex Pavlovich or Susan Slusser. And I'm like, that's going to be one of those days, isn't it? And yeah. Well, bold it, it has been. Logan Webb, fully decent so far this year. 380 ERA, 48 Ks, and 45 innings. Pretty good at run prevention. Apparently, not good at runs prevention. Uh, now, in the MVP column, you and I had the same picks. 
Uh, and, and we didn't put much, we didn't put much thought or effort into these, to be honest. Um, we didn't have April player of the month in the NL Ronald Acuna Jr. Good pick. I think we could, if we tried, you know, if you asked me to come up with five, I might've gotten to Acuna in my top five. Um, but AL player of the month, Matt Chapman, no chance. I thought Matt Chapman was going to bust this year. We both had Otani and Trey Turner yeah. as the MVPs. And I mean, Otani, there's plenty of time. And I feel like he's obviously more likely to win the MVP than Matt Chapman, but uh, mercy on ice. I mean, you, I guess you got to give him the honor for the month. Oh, you absolutely do. Um, and like, I, I also want to give Adam credit because we have Kurt Menching, our wonderful Kurt Menching, I should say. And then, Obviously, a burner giving credit for those wonderful puns uh, for the runs. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was that was quite good. But yeah, it, uh, Otani is just you. You run out of words to describe Otani and what he's done offensively and pitching wise this year is just it's it's unbelievable. And I've said it time and time again, but we've never seen anything like this. And I remember entering the season, he obviously had all eyes on him from the world baseball classic he's entering a free agent year i wonder if any of that kind of spotlight could get to him and maybe just lead to a slow start and it's been exactly the opposite he's just been dominant and that guy is just like he is going to get paid 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 um he's trending in the exact opposite direction um of of juan soto who's basically just that that looks like a big mistake turning down that four hundred forty million dollar extension, but um, Otani, that contract is going to be absurd, dude. If he continues this, holy cow! His agent Nezbolello of CAA has to be just salivating, thinking about going to that open market because that is we're talking a historic contract, not just in baseball but in sports. And enjoy Otani while we have him. It's going to be a long, we're going to have him for a long time, but my goodness me, what an absolute treat he is. You have to wonder if he's not only literally like metaphorically watching his contract go up while Soto's goes down, but whether he's actually taking the San Diego Padres money out of Juan Soto's pocket and putting it in his own. Like it really might be a direct one for one. Like we were gonna, but now we're going to do this. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a boy, I'll tell you if he somehow ends up on the San Diego Padres, AJ Preller, you are going to officially be my favorite executive in sports history. That would be absolute madness, um, putting him on that roster. I don't know if they could actually pull it off. Peter Sadler, he's got um, he, he's got deep pockets. I was going to use a different adjective, but um, yeah, he's it's 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 rather it's rather impressive uh, what he's done. And uh, I wish more owners were like that for sure. And yeah. I, obviously, a burner. What's Soto's trade value? I still think it would be relatively high, just because we're talking about a talented player who's got a couple of years of control yet, but um, obviously it's not what it was. Um, that trade so far has been a, a big swing and miss for the Padres. Yeah. And deep pockets though can be helpful because they give you more room. If you got a big other stuff. Um, let's talk about uh, <laughs> Chicago Cubs. Let's talk about the Chicago Cubs. Let's pivot to reality instead of, uh, you know, wallowing in our, in our award predictions, which surely will become even more insane as the year goes on. The Cubs actually, Called up Matt Mervis today, just a couple hours ago, um, and I had uh, I had <laughs> our outline today had Matt Mervis time question mark, and uh, now it just has Matt Mervis time exclamation point. Uh, not a lot of changes had to be made, but I, I just, we got to talk about him anyway. Um, he's coming to save a Cubs team that's floundering a little bit. Just got walked off by the Nationals today. 
I believe they went one and six on an East Coast road trip after decimating the West Coast and are now one game under. So no better time to hit the Mervis button, although the other best time to hit the Mervis button would have been like a week and a half ago when all Cubs fans still wanted to see him and didn't want to see any more Eric Hosmer. What can Cubs fans expect from this move? And uh, do you have any other prospects you're eyeing that might get the call soon throughout the league? Yeah, the Mervis was not somebody that was on my radar like for until probably about late last year. It was during the Arizona Fall League, and I had scouts, and I was at these games, and I kept hearing about this this Matt Mervis guy, and he won AFL like Player of the Year. Um, he was he just burst onto the scene, and he looked like a guy who could be a legit dude. Uh, we're talking big power, um, and immediately he skied up the, the Cubs prospect rankings. Scouts were just continuing to buzz about him. And there was even a conversation this spring, whether or not he would end up making the Cubs off like, on the opening day roster. They didn't get there exactly. Um, but with Eric Hosmer struggling at first base, this was like the perfect time to call him up. Now he's going to join him at some point this weekend. And it's just, it's another really talented young player who's going to join that Cubs team. He's not their top, top prospect. That's Pete Crow Armstrong. That is a player. This is, I have been adamant on this podcast. I think it was with Carm um, that I think Pete Crow Armstrong is going to be a very, very, very good player, especially in center field. He's got range for days. Um, the Mets giving him up in that Javi Baez deal was an absolute mistake. Um, I said it from the day it happened, and I'll say it again now. That was a mistake by the Mets. And Pico Armstrong isn't going to, he's not going to debut this season, most likely. That's, we're looking at like a 2024 timeline there. But boy, they, uh, with Mervis coming up, that's just like a, another taste of the young talent with the Cubs. And then with Pico Armstrong debuting next year, oh, baby, going to be a good time. Pico yeah. Armstrong is pure star power, so much to the point that both his parents were on the television show Heroes, and his mom was in the movie Little Big League. So that's how you know he's legit. No, I mean, if, if that isn't a sign he's legit, I don't know what is. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Well, let's go to the Pirates, mostly because I want to put some anonymous rival exec on blast. Um, this caught my attention immediately. I said it to you right away, and you were like, yes, you were correct to do that. This is from Jason Stark's column this week, and the quote comes from a rival executive, but there's no way it's not someone who watches the Baseball Insider. So we're... <laughs> We're, we need yeah. you to pop into the comments right now and tell us who you are. Here's what he said about the Pirates. 
Quote, do I think the Pirates are going to make the playoffs this year? Probably not. I think they have some good vibes right now and they're playing well, but I don't really think the Pirates are going to have a top 10 pitching staff by the end of the year or a top 10 offense. What they're doing now is giving positive signs to believe, and I can see the makings of a good team down the line. How many times do we have to say the Pirates are the all-vibes team in Major League Baseball before we get the copyright money that is owed to us when some rival executive says it too? This is getting embarrassing. Yeah, it's it's. I'll tell you, it's like a straight transcript from our from our conversations here. Obviously, it's not Jason Stark. You're one is wonderful at his job, but like that is exactly like what we've been saying on this podcast. Is the Pirates are just an unbelievably vibey team. I've talked to numerous people in and around that team, and they all just rave about morale throughout that entire organization. It is they're they're this is better than I think they could have ever expected. First place in the NL Central, their offense is doing really well. Their pitching has exceeded expectations. That Vince Velasquez injury today, I mean, possible elbow injury, kind of scary just considering he's um, been off to such a good start. But, like, I I was worried that O'Neill Cruz would – or the the injury to O'Neill Cruz may end up hurting the vibe, but they've just – the vibes have carried them. And it's just been a really strong start for them overall. I still think – I don't think they win the division, but I am absolutely buying them as a as a playoff team. I have a piece that's coming out on fansided.com at some point today, and it's buy or sell on four of these four of these early season developments. I'm buying the Pirates. There's a little sneak peek. Um, I think the Pirates are here to stay as a playoff team this year and then in, and beyond, too, because they got some dudes in the minor league system. Um, and I figure they're going to be spending more, too, in free agency. It's going to be... This is not something that I think I've said on this podcast, but it is a good time to be a Pirates fan right now. It truly is. And they're doing it without Cruz and without any offensive contribution from Key Brian Hayes, who is, you know, he's got 0.7 B war right now because he's a defensive masterclass every day, but 222 with a homer and a 72 OPS plus, And the Pirates are still running aground to the rest of the field. Um, although of course they go to Tampa. What can they, what can they muster in Tampa? Absolutely nothing. You, you want to get humbled. You go to Tampa Bay to play the Rays. It's, I am so grateful that the New York Yankees are entering their three game set with the Rays, two games over 500. Cause they leave it at under 500 folks. They are not winning a game down there. Well, Adam's on record right now. And I think they're going to win at least one. I'm going to, I'm going to go on record with it right now. I'm more optimistic than you are. Although I don't know if I could be more pessimistic than you are. The fact that you don't even think they're going to win a single game. They do have Cole. They have Cole going on Sunday. So it's, it's helpful. It's ordered in the right direction so that if you lose the first two, you have your best shot at one on Sunday rather than tripping over your own tongue in games one and two. And then it's like, Oh, Clark shit. Uh, Clark Schmidt. In the finale, I promise you, I did not mean to do that. Yeah, there's a, a lot of poop talk on this podcast. <laughs> Jesus, uh, hey, I mean, I, I'm here for it, I guess. Um, what? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to say, Adam. You speak. I, I gotta cut myself off. I, I gotta transition away from uh, Adam Weiner, as host of the Baseball Insiders. I'm gonna toss it to somebody else. Just, I can't do this anymore. Um, no, I, I absolutely can. Um, <laughs> but I do think I need to put myself in timeout. I pledge that was not on purpose. That's not what I call them in my group texts. Um, you can check the evidence. It's, it's just not. Um, well, the Rays did get an extra arm this week. 
They did. Uh, the Rays traded for Chase Anderson out of AAA with the Reds. And and it's easy to dismiss, um, but even more so this year than any other year. I think you got to eagle eye every Rays transaction and say that Paul Dano meme. Like, does he know? It's like, what, what, what do they know? Why are they poaching a traditional pitch-to-contact aging mid-30s guy from AAA? They've got springs on the shelf, bads on the shelf. Glass now hasn't come back yet. Pete Fairbanks even hit the IL this week. Is it a hint of desperation finally from a Rays team, or do they see something that we don't see? Yeah, the Rays are they're familiar with with Chase Anderson. They had him on the roster at some point in uh, in the in recently, and um, he was with the Reds, and he had an opt out clause in his contract, and they were able to at least get something for him. I don't know what they got exactly. Um, probably wasn't much at all, but. Um, it's somebody that they're familiar with. It's a veteran who has performed really well in Milwaukee in years past. It's got starting experience. He can pitch out of the bullpen if needed. Um, and if there's ever a team who can get something out of a pitcher, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't put anything past them at all. Um, I, I don't think this is going to end up being one of those ones that turns into like the next Jason Adam where he becomes one of the best relievers in baseball. But um, it's a guy who can provide innings, especially when they need him. Um, good depth overall, as I said before, somebody that they're familiar with. Um, I don't think it's anything that could be too flashy, but depth is, is depth. And that's always important in baseball. Other opt-outs are beginning to happen now, too. Like You're going to start seeing these depth pieces floating around. I got my eyes on Gary Sanchez. Uh, John Heyman pegged the Angels yesterday for him. I'm looking there. That makes sense. Um, but I'm looking forward to his next landing spot. Tommy Listella's too is another guy where I'm like, look, the numbers are bleak, but if somebody picks up Tommy Listella, I'm automatically going to be at least a little bit intrigued. No, absolutely. I mean, considering his past, he got released by the Mariners about like an hour ago. I believe that was officially. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, he's probably a candidate for a minor league deal. Although Dominic Leone, uh, he ended up getting a major league deal with the Mets today. I mean, I, that was not something that I expected, but they, they also were a team who desperately needed arms too. Um, but yeah, it's, well, is probably a very strong candidate for a minor league deal, but when he signs, it'll be notable just because of his name and his history that he's had. Yeah. They, they have been, by the way, since as long as I'm allowed to talk on podcast live streams, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Yankees are 17 and 15 and in last place in the East and are getting pooped on to a degree that is probably not earned while they share a city with the 16 and 16 Mets who've been shut out six times this year and just had Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander lose on back-to-back days to the Detroit Tigers. The New York media is supposed to be hard on everybody. I don't really hear anybody talking about the Mets who are worse than the Yankees with a better roster. Sorry. No, me neither. And I mean, both those teams invested mega dollars in their rosters this offseason. And yet the result has been 500 or just slightly above 500 play. Uh, I am kind of very surprised that um, we have not heard more criticism, but surely that is coming, um, If especially if this continues. Uh, the Yankees, I give them a free pass for sure, just because all their injuries, like I mentioned before, Mets have obviously dealt with their fair share of things too, but that roster is really underperformed. And the Francisco Lindor, um, yeah, I know last year eased a lot of concerns for people, but he's off to a really slow start this year. Um, I, I mean, I'm not pressing the panic button yet there, but 
I wonder at what point those concerns grow louder if these struggles continue. Francisco Lindor is the reason why a lot of people don't trust advanced stats because you've got the New York market. You've got a player who is hitting in the low 200s with less power than was sold. And you look at baseball reference and he's at 1.2 B war right now. And it's like, you just can't tell a Mets fan that that is real (laughs) and that that is worth $300 million is the comment section saying. No, exactly. And like, I mean, obviously a burner, you're asking if, is he the worst $300 million contract player? I would want to think about that. Um, I'm hesitant to say yes, just because he's shown that he's got the ability still, even last year, he looked really good. Let me think about that one and get back to you. Um, I don't want to give an answer right off the top of my head without thinking that one through, but it's an interesting question. Can we answer after Juan Soto signs his deal this offseason? Oh, God. Yeah, that – oh, boy. I mean, yeah, it was a – boy, $440 million. He turned that down, and then here we are now. That's – man, what a – that's a hell of a gamble. I mean, there's – that's that's right now. I've, I've heard that mentioned to me by a lot of different people. Um, yeah, it's not good. Not good. Yeah, sorry, man. We're going to Soto shuffle on out of here because I got to run. But before we leave, I do want to give a shout out to the disgusting situation in Oakland where 2,583 people attended Tuesday's game. And that's like the nice number. That's like the number they tell you. That's not the real number of people who are at that baseball game, which like that number might include people, concession stand workers, etc., And they missed, if they stayed home for that puppy, a double perfect game bid between Mason Miller of the A's and Bryce Miller in his MLB debut of the Mariners. It's not the A's fans' fault they're not there, but it's just it was a stark reminder to me of the fact that there's still great baseball being played in these otherwise irrelevant contests. You never know what you're going to see when you go to a game and A's ownership is scaring these fans away and basically telling them, you should not come to this. We do not care about you. And they're missing great things because of how little fan service there is in this community where they're going to be stuck for several more years at the very least. Can we at least do something here to boost fan excitement? I don't know if we can. We might be fully lost, but free tickets would go a long way. Free possums. Anything we could do to get people in the ballpark in Oakland because the community clearly is is there to care about baseball, but the ownership does not care about the community. No, it, it's just it's sad as heck, and I could use a lot stronger language there, but I'm trying to keep this PG after our after our start earlier. Um, yeah, the after the talk. AJ Preller the AJ Preller segment of the podcast that uh, yeah, that, yeah that, that good good call. I forgot about that part of the show, but. Yeah. Uh, boy, what a wild show this has been, but it's uh, the A's. That's probably the most unfortunate and sad situation in sports right now is like that team. It just, it doesn't feel like ownership really cares about it. Um, and it's just like, I mean, we have possums that are flying around that stadium. Like you wouldn't believe them. They're popping into the press box, trying to write stories for all the ball writers. And it's, uh, it's just, it's sad. It's really sad. And that situation could have been a lot better because that's a very passionate fan base out in Oakland. Um, and yet they just, just doesn't seem to care. That roster stinks. Um, really, they made changes up and down the roster today, especially in the bullpen. But it's, I mean, 
that's just, they're nowhere close to contention and ownership should be ashamed of themselves. And I feel really bad for that Oakland franchise or the, the fan base overall. Um, Cause they simply just don't deserve that. Their roster stinks. Our roster's great because we have fan side as MLB insider Robert Murray on with us twice a week to talk through the headlines, the predictions, the projections, and the rumors around Major League Baseball. And this was a power-packed show, but it's also what you can expect every Monday and Thursday at 3.30 Eastern. Uh, I will not be quitting my day job because of the run stuff, but I do it for you people. I appreciate the comments. I like to be appreciated. Take that pause. But no, I will not be quitting my day job. I will remain at my day job, continuing to host this show, which will be available on all podcast platforms as soon as the live stream is over and streaming right on this YouTube channel with a perfect and ample opportunity for you to hit subscribe, smash like, and come join us every Monday and Thursday, not just during the trade deadline. Although, be an early adopter. Be a member now, and when we're when we're here recounting rumors and taking you through the entire database, you're going to be able to say that you were here when, and you watched me accurately predict the Yankees being swept in Tampa this weekend. I know Yankee fans are supposed to be brash and cocky. It just does not suit me. I will never do that. I will always say that we are going to L rather than say we are going to dub, but you know what? Red Sox fans all offseason were like, don't sleep on us. Now they get to enjoy they're a very exciting and fun, frisky team. So maybe I should enjoy myself more. Um, this is getting too existential. Robert Murray, thank you so much for joining us, man. This is hey, no, no, thank you as always, my guy. It's uh, always a pleasure being here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, leaving those comments. Uh, more than appreciated. It allows me to eat lunch like I'm about to in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, we'll see you guys, what, Monday, Adam? Yeah, we'll be back Monday. Same time, same place next week. No restrictions, no rules, no parents. Uh, just a great live uh, streaming podcast. Yeah, no parents. Let's go, baby. Yeah, awesome. We should do parents once, though. I'll, my dad will come on the show. I promise you that. My dad would come on the show, too, in a heartbeat. But, yeah, he'd, he'd try to embarrass me. I know how he is. Um, but, uh, oh, boy. that he's. I know he's watching the show right now, and he's going to be getting at me for getting him on the show. That's going to be... Oh boy, uh, I'm, already, I'm already worried, Adam. That's 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 going to be an adventure because Neil Murray is an absolute G. He's he's the best. So uh, I don't know if the world is ready for him. No mistakes were potentially made making this show the show that dads were watching. But you know what? You just never know what you're going to get on the Baseball <laughs> Insiders. And we did it. We got to the end. Uh, we were not yanked off air. We were not canceled. We're still here. No, that's uh, not canceled yet. Evidently, so <laughs> we got that going for us. No, we're still plugged in and we'll see everybody on Monday, same time as normal. For Robert Murray, I'm Adam Weiner. Thanks for joining us. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.